0: Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe
1: that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Father, open the scrolls. Let our hearts burn within us as we hear your word. Reveal yourself to us. Deposit yourself into us and change our lives from within. We give you praise. We give you thanks in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And everyone who believes shouts, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. For whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved.
0: Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus.
1: Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. Last week, I started to talk about. The greatest of all blessings. And I didn't quite finish it, because I focused more on of the breasts and the womb. And I explained how Jacob had 12 sons. Abraham had the promise. It's called the blessing of Abraham. It's the promise in Hebrews chapter 6. Now let's go to verse 12, all right, just to make sure. Don't be lazy, okay, follow those who through faith and patience. Look at verse 13. For when God made a promise to Abraham, say promise to Abraham. Promise to so. God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. He swore collateral. Where you are going for a loan or something, you need a collateral. For instance, if someone had to guarantee, be a guarantor for you for a job, they need someone who is credible, more credible than you, you. So when God made the promise to Abraham, but now the problem God had was there's no one higher than him. Because, because he could, because he could swear by no one greater, he had to swear by himself. Because there's no one greater than him. So he said, I swear by myself that I'll bless you. When he made watch this he made a promise, but that promise came with a swear no. he swore on that promise that made it a covenant word promise covenant saying surely blessing i'll bless you and multiplying i 'll multiply you so that God and so after he patiently endured he obtained the promise Abraham obtained it he, swore, he, he patiently endured now go to the next verse see. For men in this swear by greater, and an oath an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all things. So when you sign, that means that that's an oath, which is different from the swearing. To so say, May we swear? I swear I'll do this. Now, so swearing, uh, swearing and an oath, they're kind of all declarations. So when you sign an oath, it's confirmation that, okay, you have agreed it. All right. The dispute is all settled. He said he'll pay it. He has agreed it. He signed it. Go to the next verse. Does God determining how? uh, Sorry, determining to show uh, to show more abundantly the heir of the prop the heirs. No, so this was more than Abraham. God is so interested in showing the uh, those who are going to receive the promise the immutability of His counsel. That sounds a very interesting word. How many of you know mutation? Something changing. So when they say something is immutable, that means it doesn't change. So the immutability of his counsel, what he has planned to do, it doesn't change. God was willing to show the heirs of promise that this thing, when I have planned, it won't change. He also confirmed it by an oath. So oath means that this thing won't change. And his promise actually is also unchangeable. So God gave two different things, two things. He promised you can't change it. And he added an oath. That makes it even sure. Look at the next verse. That by two immutable things. What are the two immutable things? The promise and the oath. By two immutable things in which it is not possible for God to lie. We, so the heirs of promise now is bringing us here. We, we, we. The promise was connected to us. He promised to Abraham. But now he, we, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. So there is a hope ahead of you. God has promised, I'm going to do for you. He said that he has promised and then uh, now has swore that if this is what I'm going to do for you so that we, if you can put your confidence in the, God's promise and his oath, nothing else because these things cannot change yeah. if your confidence in it it doesn't matter what you are going through you still have hope yeah. those of us who have fled for we will have strong consolation words, we are encouraged it should be done it will be done because god said it to be done now so god called abraham and gave him the patriarchal blessing he gave him the covenant blessing He gave him the promise, but the promise was not meant for Abraham alone, but it was to Abraham and his descendants. Can you imagine? God comes to a man who didn't have a child and who couldn't father a child, and God said, I'm going to bless you and your children what are you talking about? I'm fatherless and I can't father. And so Abraham actually got to a time told God, now, Genesis chapter 15, uh, now you are blessed with all things but see, I go childless. So a foreigner, Eliezer of Damascus is going to be my heir. God said, what are you talking about? A foreigner will not be your heir for one from your own loins shall be your heir. God knew what he was doing. He promised him at the time he didn't have a, a, a son but the promise was unto Abraham and to his seed. Now, Isaac shows up on the scene, and the promise becomes valid in Isaac's life. After Abraham, Abraham passed it on to Isaac. Then Jacob comes on the scene. Isaac passes, passes it on to Jacob. But now, is that all? No. Now, it was Jacob. So these were all resident in individuals. Individuals, individual, but the promise was not for an individual, the promise was for a corporate people. But what many people haven't realized is the promise of God to Abraham, it's it was going to culminate, it was going to end, ultimately ending in something. The promise God gave to Abraham was ultimately going to end in what abraham looked forward to hmm. hebrews chapter 11 verse 10. shall we already out from the screen allah right. let's go all right no no no, no. it's what we, we don't start for he who is the he let's make sense of it let's go to verse nine all right let's go oh uh, this he has come again do you are you interested in who the he is verse eight abraham by faith now he's to tell us by faith all right. faith, Abraham obeyed to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not verse nine. Shh. Well, by faith he dwelt. He dwelt. In the land of promise. How did he dwell in, in the land of promise? No, 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 no. In what manner? As, as in a foreign country. He's still having unpacked. He lived in the land of promise, as in a foreign country. But this is the land of promise. That's the land. Of, and you know what? It wasn't only he who behaved like that. Who else? Isaac also behaved like that. Who else? Jacob. How about the others? Bible didn't talk about the others, the way they behaved. So he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs, of, uh, the, the, the heirs with him, of the same promise. They also, when it was their tent, they lived like people who were going somewhere. But this is the land God promised you. Why don't you settle and, and build and um, settle fully? But they were living like there was another one coming. Mm-hmm. Look at the, the next verse, verse ten. That's what we started for. Why? For he. Let's go. Let's go. For. He for the city to foundations, made that what? So he got to the promised land, the, pro, the land God promised for him. But do you know what he did there? Two ways. So, when he got to the promised land, he was living there like a foreign land. He only, only had to do that by faith. Right. Because everything was okay in the land. Mm. Why don't you just settle? But by faith, he didn't settle. You, so, people, people saw him as he settled, but he wasn't settled. By faith, he was looking. So, like people were wondering, but why? Okay, now build a house. Ah, okay. So, when you get close to you realize the guy hasn't settled. Why would he settle? But this is the land. No, he knew by faith that I can't settle because so he was living there by faith as in a foreign land. Right. Even though that was his land given. Why? Because he verse 10 says that he did uh, for he waited for the city which had uh, which which found fa- uh, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. you will never find anywhere on earth. Any place like this on earth. I don't know how many of you have been to New York City. You think it was created like that? God never created any city. There's no city created by God on earth. No city. Show me and I'll go there. Not even Jerusalem. Jerusalem was built by men under the influence of God. But Abraham was looking and he actually waited. though. He knew it's there. I was telling you something about the ultimate
0: Blessings.
1: blessing. The blessing God gave to Abraham. That's why that's why he waited for. He was waiting. The blessing crystallizes or culminates ultimately ends in a city. Is that the, the is the blessing of being a, a part of being in a certain city which Abraham waited for Isaac took it and he also waited for it Jacob took it and he also waited for it look at verse 16 verse one 6. but now they desire a better okay let's do verse 15 so that at least it can make sense and truly, if they, had call, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. All these people we are talking about, they all died in faith, not having received the promise. Think about it. Abraham died in faith. I believe God for people who die in faith.
0: Amen.
1: Some people say, I won't sit down and die like that. I mean, I'm going to stop this. Day. I'm going to help myself. <laughs> <laughs> I would prefer dying believing God. Yeah. So the Bible says that all these great people, listen, great people we are reading about, they died in faith not having received the promise. When they were dying, they also they knew that the promise is still there. One day I will the promise you are waiting for you are dying hasn't come and you still believe the promise is coming wow. mm. that's what the, that's the kind of faith we are talking about
0: mm.
1: not the faith that is short lived mm. that has a time clock on it mm. so they they Oh, expired. Yeah, that's the one I was actually one. Yeah. They died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on, on where? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Ah. So, the promise they were looking for, pilgrim. Also, did you see that they were what? Strangers and pilgrims. Who, who is a pilgrim? A traveller. So actually what they were looking for was not earthly because pilgrim, I'm a traveler on earth not in town, on earth yeah. on earth, what they were looking for what they were looking for was heavily mm. heavily so they considered themselves as strangers on earth uh-uh. as pilgrims on earth and look at the next verse look at the next verse For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. So if you say, so when they say it like this, it tells you that they do not see this place as their own. They don't see this place. Well, others are fighting to see the place.
0: There
1: are many, many of, many of, many, many people here Second-generation migrants, your parents have relocated <laughs> to their country, even though they have British BP, British passport, yeah. and British... citizens. Mm-hmm. There are people here. I remember that uh, Yoko when he passed to be with the Lord, he, may, he told them that when I die, don't bury me here. No, no, no. The same thing Jacob also did. Yeah. Yeah. Jacob said, carry my bones out of this place, yeah. because this is not my own.
0: At all. No. No. At all. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Somewhere else, not earth. So people who speak like that plainly declare plainly that they seek a homeland. This is not their home. So what he's trying to say is Abraham was on earth, had received the earthly promise, physical promise in the land, but he still sought a homeland which is not earthly. So that means the promise God gave him had within it a heavenly homeland. That's
0: right. That's right.
1: So, look at the next verse. And truly, if they had called to mind that, that country from which they had come out, they would have had the opportunity to return. In other words, you would say, oh, like, you know. That's why they had opportunity. If they, where they are coming from is good enough, they would have said, okay, let me go back and let me settle well. But look at the next verse. That's where I wanted us to come to, and I've gone all around. But now, they desire a... a, a, a the, the desire better. That is a heavenly country. Let's all say heavenly country.
0: Heavenly country.
1: Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared. A. You remember, Abraham looked or sought for a city? Because a city which had foundation, which builder was God. So that tells me God is a builder of a certain city, but that city cannot be an earthly city. Yeah. That, that that city cannot be an earthly city. So Abraham, when God called him and gave him the promise, he was walking with God with his eyes on the heavenly city. Then Isaac came on the scene, walked with God with his eyes on the heavenly even though they had so much physically. And then uh, Jacob came on the scene with his eyes on the heavenly city. And then, now the promise that Jacob was carrying god gave it didn't give it to them for a a, one individual he gave it to them for a corporate individual so then jacob had his 12 sons reuben simeon levi judah and the rest uh, uh, joseph and benjamin so he was about to die bible said he strengthened himself genesis chapter 49 verse 1 come and let me tell you what will befall what shall befall you in the end in the last days what shall befall you in the last days so from this time going let me tell you what life is going to be like he was the only one who can discre- who could proph- prophesy the rest of human history into existence not abraham not isaac but jacob why? Because he worked with God for so long. God dealt with him so much that by the time he was dying, eventually he died. Yeah. And when he was dying, the Bible says that he blessed them leaning on a staff. Yes. <laughs> he blessed them leaning on a staff. Genesis 32, verse 10. I am not worthy of the of, of the list of all the miracles and all the uh, the true the true all the truth which you have shown your servant. For I cross over this, that, he's praying to God. I cross over this Jordan, or was his prayer to go by? that's his, a Jacob's declaration. For I cross over this Jordan with a staff, and now I have become two companies. So when he was going, he had, all he had when he left home, all he had when he was leaving home, was what? A staff. Staff. No wonder God even had to break his tie so that he can lean more on the staff. And then when he was about to die, he told Jacob, come and put your hand on my, under my tie and vow to me, because I am dying, told Joseph. And Joseph was a type of Christ. And the Bible says that in Hebrews chapter 11, verse, I think verse 19, cool. verse 21 By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of his sons, uh, the the sons of Joseph, and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. Ah. So when he was crossing the Jordan, he had had this staff, so he was dying. And when he was blessing, do you know what he leaned on? His rich experience with God. And he declared the blessing on them. He leaned by faith on his riches. The stuff represented his experience in life. Yeah. And declared the blessings on them. So he poured out himself because he's worked with God for so long. God has dealt with him so many times. But now he was constituted with God and he, started, he said, Come, let me tell you what will befall you in the end time. Yeah. And so he called his sons forward. And he called them, started with them, Reuben, Simon, Levi, Joseph, I'm sorry, Joseph, and Benjamin. So in between was Zebulon, God, Naphtali. So he started with the four, I called the four. Because the first four sons were very rough people, rotten people. The first two had sexual problems. So the first one and the fourth one they were sexually not correct. The fourth one, Judah, he went to sleep with his uh, daughter-in-law and impregnated her, and she had twins. One was called Zara. One was called Zara. The other was, the one was called Perez. Uh, and so, and then Reuben, his own was serious. He likes his father's concubine. <laughs> yes, he went, he went and took his father's—if I can use the word—girlfriend, but not really girlfriend, mm. concubine, his wife, something, his classified wife. Went and took him and went to his father's bed. Oh. <laughs> and the that i mean, this is a serious one. <laughs> serious, one, Ruben, is there also Ruben? <laughs> <laughs> and then you have Simeon and Levi, inst- instruments of cruelty, wicked guys. They, they, they're killed in their anger. Some of us, we, we have the kind of spirit. When you are angry, you can kill things. And it wasn't common. Those things are not common in some other places. It so. <laughs> <laughs> where I grew up even when you are angry you can't break a glass drinking glass you won't break it you will, you will never break it you won't break it so instruments of cruelty they were wicked but so that's instrument of cruelty their first four sons bad guys so he started with them and see, the sons were the reflection and the representation of God's people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They were the only ones who were going to contain the blessing that came from Abraham, Isaac, and him. Yeah. Because God, listen, God was not looking for individuals. He was looking for a people. Right. Okay.
0: Right.
1: He was looking for a people. So it wasn't Jacob and Esau, no. It wasn't Isaac and Ishmael, or the sons of Keturah. It was Isaac. Then God was working it. Then it came to Jacob. God perfected it so it became became so filled with God. And now, God emptied it into the people. That's why we have Israel. And from that time, Israel became the people of God generationally. Throughout the the world. Throughout all history. So Israel, the people of God. And so we, the church, are kind of called spiritual Israel. So when when you see the term... Israel, it means the people of God, and God was looking for a people. So, He got them through Jacob. But you can where it starts from. Bad guys, bad guys. So He started telling them, telling them. So God starts, as I told you last week. God starts from we. He picks us. It doesn't matter where you are when He picks you. You either be in one of the categories. I'm telling you, you'll be somewhere. You'll be somewhere. He picks you. But then he ends with the two. So he spoke about them. He spoke about them. spoke about them. So that is the the Christian story. The Christian story is God picks you from somewhere unpleasant. Because by, you see, don't tell me I'm religious. I've been trying. No, no, I'm not talking about you can be religious but very rubbish before God. All right so religion is not the how well behaved nobody can be so well behaved that suddenly your human stool begins to uh, like perfume
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: That tells you you can't you can't behave yourself out of the mess of humanity yeah, that's it, that's it. You can't behave so well that suddenly you choose you, you don't bath again <laughs> Are so, you behave so well that now your good behavior has increased, has accumulated to become kind of impeccability for you. So now you are so perfect, your body doesn't even need water again. You are, it can happen because it doesn't matter how well you behave, you are still flawed. flawed. And so that's the Christians and God picks you to make, to make you flawless in his eyes. That, that should make you very happy
0: yeah.
1: tell someone if, uh, if you're born again tell someone I'm flawless in the eyes of God I'm so now he starts with this, starts working on them, started prophesying this is what you started prophesying and he's uh, listen to what I'm, where I'm going is that this whole thing is the description of God's plan for humanity and how God everything is meant to end so it's not just individuals you're speaking to. He was speaking across generations and he was speaking about the people of God and how the people of God are ultimately going to end. That is the greatest of all blessings. Wow. So, the greatest of all blessings is not just being called to be born again, it's such a great blessing. The greatest of all blessings is not the ability to cast out devils, it's such a wonderful blessing. The greatest of all blessings is not to walk in divine health. It's such a great blessing. But that's not the greatest of all blessings. So the greatest of all blessings is what Abraham looked for. <laughs> okay. Because why would he settle for something that lesser than the ultimate?
0: Yeah. Like
1: so the greatest of all blessings was the ultimate, and that's what Abraham looked out for, Isaac looked out for, Jacob looked out for, and Jacob prophesied this into his sons. So, now, as I told you, Genesis chapter 49, quickly, verse um, 22. 22. Joseph is a fruitful boy, a fruitful boy by a well. His branch run over the wall. The archers have bitterly grieved him, mm-hmm. shot at him. And so, this is the father beginning to prophesy and speaking, And he knew the story of Joseph, but he was prophesying and blessing. The prophecy is blessing at the same time. So here he was speaking. He says a fruitful bow, the archers have, uh, gone branch over the wall, go up. The archers, the, the archers have bitterly grieved him, shot at him, and hated him. The next one, but his bow remained in strength, and the, uh, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. All right, go to the next verse. By the God of your father, your father who will help you, and by the Almighty God who will bless you. With blessings of heaven, I told you the blessings, blessings of heaven, uh, of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lies beneath, blessings, blessings of the breasts and blessings of the womb. That's the blessing of life. So the blessings above and below, breast and womb, the next one, the blessings of your of your father. Of your father have excelled the blessings of your ancestors. So even the blessing from behind, the blessing that is coming on is more than the blessings that has been before you, time before you, and uh, ancestors up to the uttermost bounds of the everlasting hills, times ahead of you. And then so I told you last week is the actually it's it's, it's called the universal blessing in every way the blessing of all time and the blessing of all space. Universal blessing. Joseph was blessed. With this blessing mm. hallelujah and then uh, he said he said uh, the hill they shall be upon the head of joseph and the head of now let's look at deuteronomy 33 verse 16 let's run so this is the blessing i took my time to explain it and and 33 deuteronomy 33 verse 16 really Verse 16, with the precious things of the earth and its fullness, and the favor of him who dwelt in the bush. Ah, remember that, the favor of the one who dwelt. Monday I took my time to talk more about the him who dwells in the bush. The bush there is, is, I think, S-E-N-E-H, the Hebrew word, which actually means thorn bush well thorn bush thorn and according to Genesis chapter 3 from verse 17 when man fell God told man that the earth will produce thorns for your sake Okay, so it says that uh, cast be the ground for your sake, and in Tosha, verse verse eight, the next verse, it said, both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. So originally, Bible said God made everything that was good grow up from the ground, but now because of the fall, fallen humanity was entitled to thorns and thistles. That's why when we couldn't sleep, well, that's why when Jesus was on the cross, when Jesus was on the cross, they put thorns on his head. It symbolizes the the curse of the fall, all right? So man represents, uh, thongs in the Bible represents the fallen humanity, okay? Falling humanity. And in Moses' days, when God called Moses in Exodus chapter 3 verse 2, the Bible says that Moses saw a thorn bush. It's a bush, but the Hebrew word is thorn bush. The angel of the Lord called and appeared to him in a a flame of fire from the midst of thorn bush. The the fire was on the thorn bush, and the the thorn bush was not being consumed. And I explained that the reason why wood consumes and burns in fire is so the fire will continue. So for fire to continue, it needs some substance to keep it aflame. That's why if you put paper or a book in fire, it will burn until the paper runs out, paper is turned into ashes, then the fire also runs out because there's nothing to keep the fire burning but here the fire was on the thorn bush the thorn bush the the thorn bush was not being consumed being burned and yet the fire was also still burning that blazing which means that the fire was not depending on the thorn bush for it to blaze Because most of us think that we think more about the thorn bush Burning out or uh, being consumed, but we didn't. We don't think about how. But if the thorn bush is not being consumed, how come the fire is still burning? Yeah. Yeah. So I explained that God does not. The thorn bush stands for humanity. The fire stands for the glory of God's holiness. Wow. All right, and on humanity. And God does not need you to keep His work going. God does not need human human energy to fulfill what He wants to do. So, the, it says that may God bless you with the, the goodwill or the favor of him who dwells in the bush. That's talking about God. The blessing of him who dwells in the bush because that's, at that time now, watch this, this is very important. Put it back, verse 16. I think we have to all look at So, when God, when Joseph was being blessed, his father spoke these blessings upon him and then Moses, the, the leader of God's people, the first leader. They were formed in Egypt. And then Moses was the one God sent him to, sent to bring them out of Egypt. When he was about to die, he blessed them.
0: Yeah.
1: This, this time, even though it wasn't the same individuals, mm-hmm. Joseph was already dead. Okay. Yeah. They, they were all dead already. This is years later. But look at verse one of chapter, chapter 33. Now, this is the blessing which Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. Verse, verse 2. And he said, and, uh, 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 and he said, and verse 6 rather. Okay. Okay. Verse 6. Now, now it started with Reuben. he said, well. so said, let Reuben live and let him not die. His father said, you will amount to nothing. Moses said, because you need Reuben to live to make the tribe complete. <laughs> his father didn't say you will die, but his father said, you will not increase. You will not increase. So Moses, under the, influence of God said, so let Reuben live and not die. <laughs> let, let, uh, not let his men be few because he was not supposed to increase. Yeah. Wow. So God had to endorse his father. spoke prophetically, but Moses had to speak prophetically under the influence of God because of the message of God. So let Reuben. So it started by Reuben. But Reuben, listen, Reuben was dead already. Yeah. Reuben was dead, or it's possible Moses didn't even meet Reuben. Yeah. So. So Reuben was dead. So Reuben was there. This is representing the tribe of Reuben. The tribe of Simeon, the tribe of Levi. So the Levi, the tribe of Levi is called the the, the Levites. They have the Levitical priesthood. So they, they didn't have a land, but theirs was priesthood. So you can't be a priest if you are not born a Levite. That's why when Hebrews says that Jesus is a priest, he said ah, but Jesus is not from the tribe. Hebrews chapter 9, I think verse 14. No, no, it can't be chapter 9, chapter 7. Chapter 7, I think verse 14. Look at Hebrews 7, 14. for it is evident that our Lord arose from Judah, of which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood. So why is Jesus a priest then? Because Judah is for royalty, kinship. Why is uh, Jesus a priest? He said, no, his priest is not from Levitical priesthood. He's from Melchizedekan priesthood. That one is higher than Moses, the the Israelite's one. So Jesus' priesthood is not the normal, the normal, normal Israelite priesthood. His priesthood predates Abraham. When Abraham met Melchizedek, Melchizedek was the first priest who showed up in the Bible. The priest of the lord and he, he was the first man to bless anybody in the bible mm.
0: Mm.
1: melchizedek and bible said jesus christ his priesthood is from that man not levi levi is abraham's descendant but jesus is above abraham mm. so so moses spoke about all these people are you following what i'm saying yeah. moses spoke about all these people and said the blessing the blessing the blessing and then he got to Jo- joseph and he said back to genesis he spoke about the blessing of joseph uh, exodus i'm uh, sorry uh, deuteronomy chapter 33 and he spoke deuteronomy 33 spoke about earlier on from verse 13 does it and and of joseph he said blessed of the lord is his land with the precious things of heaven with the dew and the de- and the deep line beneath you see the same thing the father spoke about go to the next verse 14. With the precious fruits of the sun, with the precious fruits of the months, with the, with the best things of the ancient mountains, with the precious things of the everlasting hills. you know the same thing? And then verse 16. With the precious things of the earth and its f- uh, fullness. And the favor of him, or the, the, the good week of him, that dwells in the bush. Let the blessing come upon the head of Jacob. Now, that's how it ended. The favor of him that dwells in the bush. That's what I want to. So, when he was speaking all the blessing. Now, with Moses, Joseph was the, the when he was blessing Joseph, he spoke about being blessed with the favor of him that dwells in the bush. Who is the one who dwells in the bush? Now, when we talk about the one who dwells in the bush, we are talking, watch this, watch this why would god be in the bush no. he doesn't have a house no. at that time he was calling moses he didn't have a house no. you think he had a house no why would he be living in a bush if he had a house no. so genesis uh, exodus chapter chapter 3 verse 2 and um, bible said and the angel of the lord when you see most of the time when you read the, the old testament and you come across the word the angel of the lord when you come across the word the angel of the lord most of the time it means god the Old Testament, okay? So, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of, uh, in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked, and, be, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but was not consumed. Look at verse, I think verse 5. Verse 5, look at verse 5. Verse 5. Then he said, do not draw near. Ah, who said? This is God talking, oh. He was, the angel of the Lord is talking. Do not draw near for this day. Take off your sandals. For the, yeah. Verse 6. Yep. Verse 6. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your heart. But it's the angel of the Lord. Yeah. So just to let you know, when we, sometimes when you see the angel of the Lord, it means God himself, okay? It's different from an angel from God. Yeah. Okay. The angel of the Lord, different from an angel from God. Okay, let's quickly go to, uh, back to verse, verse 2. So the one who, God spoke to him from the bush. So when God was speaking to Moses, he spoke to him from the bush. Why? Because at that time, he had not found a dwelling place yet yeah. on earth. He created man to dwell within man, but man messed it. So at that time, he was waiting, looking for a dwelling place. They would build an altar and then meet up with him, but he didn't have a dwelling place. Abraham built an altar. uh, Noah had a communication with him. He didn't have a dwelling place. Abraham built, Isaac built, Jacob built. They were building altars to meet God. And then now the children of Israel, they became a group of people. They became a nation. And that was where God's eyes was. So they became a nation. And watch this. They became a nation and... God was about to call them out of Egypt, so he went to Moses. But where did Moses meet him? He was in the bush. Why was he in the bush? Because he was looking, waiting for his house to be ready. Wow. And so when he, he spoke to Moses from the bush, now he told them, go to um, the promised land when they go to the promised land uh, in the wilderness they built a tabernacle in Numbers chapter 9 verse 15 and 16 they built up that was a tabernacle it's a tent like structure to accommodate the presence of god in the midst of his people because you can't say we are the people of god without having god in your midst mm-hmm. that's why i don't understand how we can go to church and not have god and we think we have we have we've had some nice music you, you must encounter god
0: yes.
1: <laughs> you must encounter god listen if you go going to church and you're not meeting God, there's a problem with you or the church yeah. <laughs> the problem with you. on the day that the tabernacle was raised up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, the tent of the the, the the tabernacle, the tent of the testimony from evening until morning, it was above the tabernacle like the appearance of fire remember the fire, yeah. the fire in the bush yes. now when they built the tabernacle it moved and came on the tabernacle the fire. And then on the day of Pentecost, the fire came and settled on the believers. God has fire. They're His holiness. But that fire doesn't consume things. God's fire doesn't consume things. Monday, try and get Monday's message. I spoke a lot about that. So, so God, so when, so when they built, he came and like he was in their midst. But he hasn't really, Stephen, in Acts chapter 7, Verse, I think 40, 44, 46, somewhere there. God does not dwell in tents or buildings, temples made by hands. <laughs> Acts chapter 7, Acts 7, 47. for everyone. Put it on the screen quickly. 48? Yes, yeah, start from 47. Okay. But Solomon built him a house. However, the Most High does not dwell in temples made by hands, as the prophet says. Alright. So, God doesn't dwell. It. So, if you build him something, he can, he told them, let them, watch this, this is very interesting. Say, this is very interesting. Num, uh, um, um, Exodus chapter 25 verse 8, he said, let them build me a house. Watch this. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell amongst them. But God doesn't dwell amongst things that we are built. Yes. Right. But... When they were in the wilderness and in, uh, in the Canaan, land, he needed a temporal structure that can accommodate him apart from the outside of the bush. Wow. So he had to leave the bush because the people were not living in a bush too. He had to leave the bush and he told them, just build a structure on, on which I can be, within which I can be, so I can be amongst you and that. Anyone can come to me and consult me, or so I can speak to you from that place, not from the bush. Because when God called Moses, he spoke to Moses from the bush. But in Numbers chapter 1, verse 1, Numbers 1, verse 1, now look at this. Now the Lord spoke to Moses in in the wilderness of sinners, in the tabernacle of meeting on the first. So now he was speaking to him from the tabernacle. Leviticus chapter 1 verse 1. Look at it again. Leviticus chapter 1 verse 1. Now the Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tabernacle of meeting. Yeah. Not from the bush. Yeah. So they had to build the tabernacle for him so that he can be amongst them and speak to them from there. Yeah. Yeah. But that, was the, that wasn't where he was looking for. That wasn't where. So they, and then they eventually built a temple tabernacle was like a tent a temple is a permanent structure it's called the temple of solomon so they built a temple that's what stephen is saying that but god does not dwell you think it's the temple solomon's temple uh, acts 7 47 solomon built him a temple but god does not dwell in houses made by men and human hands so then that's not a temple then jesus comes The Bible says that he tabernacle, John chapter 1 verse 4, he tabernacles amongst us. So Jesus came as actually Emmanuel, God with us. Remember? God with us. Matthew chapter 1 verse 23, his name shall be called, Emmanuel means God with us. So Jesus came as God with us. So he, according to John chapter 1 verse 14, and the word became flesh and tabernacle, the word dwell. Don't forget about this word dwell okay, and dwelt amongst us, the original Greek means he tabernacled. So now, the tabernacle that Moses built, the temple that Solomon built, an original version has come, because God does not dwell in temples or buildings built by hands. So he actually came and tabernacle amongst us himself in the person of Christ. Wow. Now watch this. So, they told Jesus Christ that, what sign do you give us for us to believe? He said, destroy this temple. John chapter 2 from verse 19. And Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The next verse. Let's go to 21. But he was speaking of the temple of his body. So he was actually the temple of God in our midst. But guess what? That was not enough. What's the meaning of Emmanuel? God with us. I can't hear you. God with us. Do you see it in the Bible? Is there. Yeah. Matthew chapter 1 verse 23. Yeah. Behold, a virgin shall be shall be with child and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means translated God with us. What's the meaning of Emmanuel? God with us. Louder. God with us. Oh, come on, can't you say it? God with us. I'm shouting louder than you. God with us. As you say it, may that be your testimony. What's the meaning of Emmanuel? Emmanuel means God with us. But God, God's ultimate purpose was not to be with us, just to be with us. You got it. Now watch this. How many of you agree with me that there's a difference between having maybe God
0: with us?
1: There's a difference between a food being with you and food being in you. There's a difference. So God's ultimate plan was not just to be with us. His ultimate plan is to be in us. And not just to be in us. You are about to be shocked to find out The greatest of all the blessings is not just for God to be in us. Can I finish this? So, 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 he, he, Jesus said, I'm um, the tabernacle. So he had to die. So when he was going to die, listen to this John chapter 14, verse 1. He said, um, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Verse 2. Let's all read the Allah. Let's go. One more time. In my father's house The first thing That as I grew up I realized it. Let's establish What my father's house is If we establish What my father's house is It will save us A lot of confusion I'm surprised Many people Don't know What God's house is God's house is not heaven Read your Bible
0: The
1: house of the living God Is according to 1 Timothy chapter Three verse fifteen Look at this First Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, thank you, Jesus. But if I delay, I write so that you know how you ought to conduct yourself in where? The house. Where? The house of God. Some of you are not with me. Where? The house And it, to leave you in, not in uncertainty, he said, which is what?
0: The church. church.
1: So what is the house of God? The church. Jesus said that where I'm going, you can't come. I have to go. Don't be worried. So they asked him, well, where are you going where we can't come? Mm-hmm. Just, and in fact, uh, um, Thomas said, just show us the way, Philip, yeah. and it will be enough for us. And Jesus he, he said, have I been with you all this time? John chapter 14, verse 8 or And you don't know me. He who has seen me has seen the Father. And I told, um, verse 5 says, show us the way. And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Verse 6, no one comes to the Father. But I, he said, so where am I going? I'm the way. Yeah. I, I'm the way, and he said, I'm going somewhere, and he said that if I go, I will, verse 2, we'll look at verse 2 again, in my father's house, there are many mansions, if it was not so, I would, not, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you, I'm going to prepare a place for you, so, his plan, watch this, his plan was to bring us into God, but first of all, it was going to start with bringing God now, not with us, but into us, and so, Look at verse 23. I always teach this for people to realize this. Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home. That word home is the same word translated mansions. Okay. So when he said there are many mansions, there are many abodes. There are many dwellings. It's not talking about your dwelling per se. It's talking about the dwelling of God. So in my father's house and in the church, look at this gentleman. He's a dwelling of God. He's a dwelling of God. If you are born again, you are dwelling. We are, there are many, many, many dwellings of God, and we all make the house of God. Yay. But that could not have ever been without him dying. So when he died and resurrected, God has always been looking for a house. He that dwells in the bush, because God does not live in temples made by hands. Remember that. So, so when he died and when he resurrected from the cross, do you know from the dead? Do you know the first thing he did? He came to his disciples and yeah. he says, he breathed on them and said, <laughs> "Receive you the Holy Spirit." He received the Holy Spirit, and so right from there, the entrance of God, the first time God left wow. the temple the presence of God left the temple and entered into man. Because without the cross, that couldn't have happened. And that was why he created man. That's what Adam missed out. He put Adam in the middle of the garden to eat from the tree of life so that the life of God can check into Adam. But Adam missed it. So when he says resurrected from the dead, he came back. So he came back so that life can enter into man. (laughs) Now watch this. I'm going somewhere mm. Mm. Uh, are you getting it yes. yeah. or is, is it is it getting to uh, yeah, 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 yeah. no, it looks like just the people on the first two rows are fine but I think I'm missing <laughs> are you sure we are okay should I take my time to explain something or we should go ahead <laughs> we can go ahead okay I'm, I'm about to finish are you sure you are getting it <laughs> all right so he said he said that so Jesus Christ came and brought God into us as in my father's house. My father's house. We are God's house. Yes. Isn't that good news? Yes. Isn't it good news? Yes. We are the house of God because God does not dwell in temples made by hands. Were you, are you man-made? No. no. Now, this brings me to the ultimate house of God. The ultimate. People, heaven. Heaven is real. But I saw something about heaven that... Was kind of interesting. In Revelation chapter twenty-one,
0: <laughs>
1: what has this got to do with the blessing of Jacob? You find out right, right? very soon. Jacob, the blessing on uh, Joseph was the universal blessing, but the blessing on Benjamin—I haven't told you yet—the oh. blessing on Benjamin. I haven't told you. No unless left the last two. Yeah. Let's go into Benjamin's blessing and come by Moses. His father said that Benjamin is a lion's well. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, a, a ravenous wolf. Yeah. Signifying how Christ destroyed the enemy's plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Moses, what did Moses say about Benjamin? In 33 chapter, Deuteronomy 33 verse 12? Okay. Interestingly, he spoke about Benjamin before. Moses spoke yeah. about Benjamin before. Now listen, listen. Can we, can we all read? Let's go. Let's go. shall Now, you see, he, 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 his, the beloved of the Lord started talking about the dwelling. Benjamin's blessing has to do with the dwelling by the Lord. He's talking about the mutual dwelling. So We are going to live, the ultimate blessing Mm. is you living in the presence of God and God living in you. It's called mutual dwelling. Mm. So it's interesting that it says, John chapter 15, verse um, 5, John 15, it says that, Abide in me, if you abide in me and I in you. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him. Did you see that? So who is abiding in who? God is in us and we are in him. Verse 7, what does the verse 7 say? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you you ask whatever you want. But verse verse 5 says that whoever abides in me and I. It's a mutual abiding. God is in us. And we are in God. Thank you, Lord. Now, there, I, I was, I'm just coming to tell you about heaven so that I can wrap it up because heaven. Say heaven. 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 Say New Jerusalem. New Jerusalem. Is there any difference? Genesis chapter, uh, sorry, ex, uh, Re- Revelation chapter 21 verse 1. That's what I said earlier. Remember, the Bible starts from Genesis. Genesis tells us how it all began. Revelation tells us how it all ended. So Genesis chapter 1. You can't understand the Bible and understand life if you marginalize Genesis chapter (laughs) 1. Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 are so essential. Revelation chapter 21 and 22 are so pivotal. Now I saw a new heaven and ah, new one. Last week I spoke about new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. The difference, so long as God is concerned, what's the difference between new and old? Anything that has God in it is new. Yeah. Anything that has no God, God in it is old. Yeah. So he said, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. Ah, this one, is, he said, old is gone because there's there no God in that one. When you are in Christ, because, in fact, verse, I think verse 5 of Revelation chapter 21, he said, behold, I make all things, I 5, 6, or 7, he said, behold, I make all things, new. It's God who makes it new. Wow. Oh. Not when it was made. Yeah. It's God who makes uh, How can you an old woman like you, an old man like you, be a new creature? Yeah. It is the God inside you that makes you new. Yeah. So, now, watch this. Morning. Revelation 21 verse 1. It said, Behold, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. I was reading my Bible. I found out that it looks like God has some issues with first. (laughs) 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 Revelation, Exodus 12, 12 tells you that. He said, I'm going to wipe out the firstborn amongst men. For I'll pass through the land of the Egyptians tonight, and I'll strike all firstborn, oh, in the land, both male and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. So first, God was going to deal with first. Said, uh, uh, um, 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 Hebrew chapter eight verse seven, and there's something about second. For if the first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for the second. Very interesting. Interesting. In first uh, first Corinthians chapter fifteen verse verse forty seven. 1 Corinthians 15, 47. In fact, we should have gone to verse 13 but before then. The first, say first. Yes. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. Wow. The second man wow. is, there's something about second. Wow. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 13. In that, he says a new covenant. He has made the first obsolete. Now, now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is Ready to vanish away. So God had to deal with first, so that He can bring. So in Revelation chapter 21, verse 1, He said, "I saw a new heaven and a new earth, because why? For the first earth had passed away. The first, the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Oh man! And you know what's special about this? Let's read the last bit. Also there was Also there was sea. Louder. Isn't it interesting why he said there was no more sea? Is there something about the sea? In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, said, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, verse 2, and the earth was without form and void and darkness. So what was on the earth? Darkness on the face of the, of the deep. And what again? And the spirit of the Lord who was upon the face of what? says. So there were waters on the on the earth. Mm -hmm. There was waters. Say waters. Waters. Look at verse nine. Verse nine. Verse nine. Verse nine. Then God said, "Let the waters under the under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear." And it was so. So the waters that was on the earth, the one, it has covered the dry the dry land. So God said this waters that has made everything null and void that let it gather to one place watch this i'm about to show you something. so god said hold him water so water has covered the, everything and the face of the deep and the holy spirit the spirit of god moved on the face of the waters and then god said verse 9 verse 9 again god said let let the waters under the the heavens, verse eight. He separated the water. There was of water, so firmaments go, and then the water on earth. So now he comes. He said that let the water under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry ground appear. Prof, well, we didn't see any ground. Yeah. Look at verse ten. Look at verse ten. Let's all read that. Let's go. Uh, uh, and, then the, the, um, and the gathering together of the waters, what did you call the sea? sea? Where was the sea? The sea was always there covering the earth when the earth was without form and void. Wow. So now he shifted the sea back and gave him a boundary. Don't come close to the earth. <laughs> <Woo. clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 5 verse
0: 22. See. Do you not the Lord? No, you not know? the
1: Have placed the sun and the of the sea by the perpetual decree, and it cannot pass beyond. He commanded the sea, stay there, don't come back. The sea, watch this the sea was reflective of the evil that was already present on the earth, the demons that are falling. And so, you remember in Matthew chapter 8, verse 29, a certain man full of demons came and then he said jesus what demon said "Eh, jesus what have you got to do with you leave us alone jesus said "Eh, no he said don't cast us out he just said go and then they went into and he said go so they when they come out they went into the head of swine and suddenly the whole head of swine violently drowned and went into the sea there is something about the sea the salt waters Ah something. So when he said he made a new heaven and a new earth, he said there was no more sea. <laughs> Didn't you see it in your Bible? Yeah. Revelation chapter 21 verse 1. Yeah. He says that, Revelation 21 yeah. verse 1. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. The question here is the first heaven and the first earth. So God, if God lives in heaven, which this heaven that has passed away. Mm-hmm. Because the earth on which we are one day, according to um, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10 to 13, everything will be melted away. Wow. Everything will be melt away. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat, yeah. both the earth and the works that are... In it will be burned up. Go to the next verse. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to uh, to be in holy conduct and godliness? The next verse, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord, because of which uh, uh, because of which the heavens will be dis- dissolved, being on fire, and the elements melt with fervent heat. Verse thirteen. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heaven and a new earth in which the righteous, only the righteous, will dwell. There's a new heaven and a new earth coming. So does it make sense when Abraham arrived in the promised land, he was still looking for a city. And he said, the city, the builder is God. Now, finally, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Mm-hmm. For this, old heaven and the old earth has passed away. Verse two, and it says, "What? Then I Job, saw saw what? I saw what? I saw what? What did I see about the holy city? Then I Job, I saw the holy city. The, what's the name of the holy city? The New Jerusalem. The New Jerusalem." The New Jerusalem coming out of heaven from God is this not the city Abraham was looking forward to a city which had a foundation whose maker was God this is not a city built with hands it is called the new Jerusalem coming down or coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband look at the next verse the next verse is amazing (laughs) And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, "Behold, let's all read. Let's okay, let's all read, Let's go. The of God is with men. Some of you are not reading. Let's all read it from the beginning. Let's go. Tell behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people. God Himself will be with them." Did you see the blessing and the goodwill of him that dwells in the bush? Mm -hmm. The tabernacle of God is now with men. And he says, God will dwell with them and they will be with him. It is called, watch this. The new Jerusalem is a city where God and his people are going to co-dwell. So, you see... When you're talking about heaven, I don't know. But the new Jerusalem is coming from heaven. From the new heaven onto the new earth. And then on that new earth, we are going to have the city which is not built by man, but is built by God. And God is going to be there. His people are going to be there. And all of us are going to inhabit together. It's called, it's, it's going to be a mutual habitation of God and man. And that is the ultimate blessing. The ultimate blessing, the greatest of all blessings is when we and God are dwelling together in God's presence. God is, is in that. God. So when people are making noise about blessings, please, listen, people, I, I, I'm, getting, I'm getting worried about preachers who project going to heaven to go and ride Mercedes Benz. Oh. I want to go and live in, a man- I was asking, I his- but who is going to build that mansion for you? Uh. <laughs> Think about it. Yes, who told you there is a house anywhere? Uh. The house of God we know is not in heaven, it's actually on earth. Yes. It's only the earth that requires houses. Yeah. Yeah. So the house of God, as we know, is on earth. The problem is we are, the problem is, I listen, please, please, I beg you, I beg you. The problem is we have projected human desires onto things of God. So most of us are expecting. That's how some people can become crazy because of their lust for sex. They are believing that they will go to heaven and have seven women. Seven virgins, what would you want seven women for if you're a man? (laughs) Think about it. It's only, it's only the desire for sex. <laughs> and not only women. Virgins. virgin, Who is a virgin? A woman who has never had sex. So for you to emphasize on virginity, it means there's something about sex. <laughs> Some people are hoping that when they go to heaven, they will use the best cars. They will use, they will wear, Yesterday I said you are believing God to go to heaven where Louis Vuitton is an insult to God (laughs) It's an insult to God because when watch this watch this the problem is what i'm trying to draw to our attention is we have given accredited man-made things that we desire so much we have projected it into heaven hoping that when i go up to heaven i'm going to continue enjoying the things that are enjoyable on earth but really having what is going to be the enjoyable thing in heaven is god himself god himself god himself God Himself. Having god enough having God is enough God wants to be our joy he wants to be our enjoyment that's why you can you can never be a genuine Christian worshiper without joy you can never if you are Christian and you lack joy in the things of God I doubt your Christianity because the essence. Listen to this. The essence of, thank you, Jesus. The essence of Christianity is enjoying God. Yeah. It's not having money to buy new shoes. It's not having money to buy other ways. It's not having a man to marry you. Not having a woman to marry you. But I'm telling you, there are ladies in this building who are very happy in Christ and are not yet married. But they're enjoying Christ. They're enjoying, and there are ladies here who are busy married and endlessly frustrated and yet there are men and ladies here who are also married and their marriage is so turbulent but because of their relation with god life is still meaningful yes. life is still enjoyable life. When we talk about the enjoyment of life, I'm not talking about human ecstasies. Partying, eating, drinking, that is natural, that is mundane, that is earthly, that is human. Heavenly things, the heavenly joy, the heavenly enjoyment is different. I was telling them yesterday that when people go to hell, they think it's the fire that is going to torture them. No, the fire is not bad enough. It's the holiness of God. When God appears, you know when you go to a party and you are messing up and you see your pastor? Hey. Oh, no. <laughs> Or, or you are, listen, or you are a church, a church leader, and um, you went to the bank. You're a church leader, like, you don't know a lot of people. Well, I don't even know people. You know, a lot of people. And you go to the bank, and the lady serving you at the bank, and then you find it so gorgeous, and you uh, give me a wink. And then, when you are in the queue. <laughs> then when you get there, say, oh, hello, pastor. Hey, 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 brother hey. 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 in trouble. Hey. So, sometimes you are, you are doing some things, and then when someone, watch this, when someone brings the God, things of God around it begins to make you feel very uncomfortable so when Peter when they caught fish and they realized that Jesus has made them caught fish it should have, a Jewish man would have said let's get into an agreement and start a business but the Jewish man said please leave us and go I'm a sinful man leave us and go leave us when you see the holiness of God the natural human reaction is we shudder. we don't want it we don't want it and in hell it's not the fire it's the holiness of God that will show up on godless and Christless humanity they can't stand it they can't stand it they can't stand it on the other hand in the presence of God, those of us who have Christ in us. Those of us who have Christ in us. Those of us who have Christ in us. He is our joy. He is our peace. He is our enjoyment. He is our everything. Because we love Jesus. 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 Shout hallelujah. Please visit. We love Jesus. So, <laughs> I don't know how many of you have felt this before, but I was saying yesterday sometimes, oh, since you became born again, sometimes you are reading your Bible and you feel that this is so good for me. You still don't have a job, you still haven't sorted the problem, but something is happening to you. I don't know how many of you sometimes you are home and you are down, but you play some preaching or some music and you suddenly the love for God begins to build up again. The the love for God begins to build up. It's the eternal blessing. Do you know what it is? God, God becoming our full enjoyment and watch this and we becoming his full enjoyment. So he's enjoying us, and we are enjoying him. And that's what Abraham was looking forward to. That is the city Isaac was looking forward to. That is the city that Jacob was looking forward to. And Jacob prophesied over his children and ended in that city. That is the city of God. It's called the New Jerusalem. The tabernacle of God is with men, and we will be enjoying him, and he'll be enjoying us. He'll be our satisfaction, and will be his satisfaction. How can you have this in mind and be thinking about riding Rolls Royce in heaven? Man-made thing. There's no man-made thing in heaven. Everything is natural. The gold, the pearl, the precious stones, everything is natural. No man-made things. Why do we project man-made things? It's a reflection of the hunger and the greed of materialism in our heart. We're expecting that we're going to continue it in heaven. But heaven, all we have is God. Yeah. Yes. In the new Jerusalem, all we have is God. And some of you are, are living here, on earth but you are experiencing heaven on earth because you may not have all the money you may not have all the houses you may not have all the cars but you have joy you have joy you have joy you have the joy of the Lord is my strength I might have lost my job I might have lost my health I might have lost a relationship but I've got God the Lord is my enjoyment I enjoy God and we are completing him. We thank God
0: for using the servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this
1: message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at charis ministries.
0: Stay blessed.